Aiea Podcasting presents The Pale. Episode 2 The Singers. Thanks for meeting me here. Happy to. The only trouble it caused was me telling my kids I couldn't take them to the pool with me. No lifeguard on duty, so it's a moot point right now. So, you like to swim? I wouldn't call myself a swimmer. My brother and I would play in my uncle's pool anytime we visited for the summer, but don't usually have access to a place where I can swim. Well, they have really good spa water here today. I think it might have acai in it. That's a perk. How about we start with an introduction? Tell me a bit about yourself. Okay. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Dahlia Yost, but I resigned my commission a little over a year ago. It wasn't anything scandalous, nothing dramatic, just a mix of family issues and me realizing I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in the military. Fortunately, my best friend from college is in the private sector and got me a job with her startup. It's called Qture. We're making an AI personal shopper. I'm a project manager. It's a solid job. Nice co-workers. It's a little weird, though. I was always on the young side for an officer, but now I feel ancient at my job. So when I had to use up my vacation for the year, I decided to get space from everything, but still be around people. Then I met you. Tuesday? I wish I could have been more helpful at the time. When we talked then, you said you didn't know your whereabouts at 3.14pm on... Today, you emailed me and said you have something to talk about? Are they related, or is this something else? I'm still not sure. For a little while now, I've been losing time. But I recently found some of it. If there's any chance it can help you make sense of what happened to your kid, I want to help. I appreciate that. One thing I like about this ship is that I can be alone when I want to. But there are people I can talk to, but I can do that on my own terms. This whole thing started because the gym was too crowded. My first two days aboard the ship, I tried going there, but I hate waiting to use machines. It's so awkward, hovering around someone while they work out. The next morning, I woke up at 6, which isn't that early for me, and I checked out this pool. I was the only person there, excluding the lifeguard. It was so quiet, and it was great having the place to myself, going up and down the length of the pool, the only sound, my splashes echoing through the place. It was calming. Another thing that didn't hurt was that the lifeguard on duty was super hot. Considering my time in the military, I suppose it's not surprising that I like a guy with muscles, but he was cut. Like a statue come to life, 
Every time I see him, I just want to splash him and see the water trickling down those abs. Of course, I didn't actually talk to him that first day, but I think he caught me staring once or twice. He smiled. Every time we made eye contact, he was smiling. Not in a creepy way. It was a professional smile. But it stuck with me. There was a casual camaraderie about the whole thing. After I finished, showered, and went about with my day, I was still thinking about him. My mind was playing out different scenarios where I talked to him, assessing strengths, finding flaws, trying to come up with a strategy. Because clearly just saying hi was out of the question. Exactly. I know what you're thinking, that it's a military thing, but I can promise you I have been like this since I was 11. Also, it was a boring day, so what else was I going to obsess over? It was well after midnight, and I was wandering around above deck. I'm not much of a sleeper, even back home. The eerie nights here don't make it easier. You ever have those late nights where you're not sleepy, but you're exhausted? That was what I was feeling. I was just standing there on the deck, looking out at nothing. At that point, my tea had long since lost its heat, but I was holding on to it, mesmerized. It's not like I was deep in thought, either. It was just a lot of... nothing. Did you know that the Norse actually believe the whole world is made out of the corpse of a giant? Odin and his brothers made the mountains out of his bones, plants out of his hair, the ocean out of his blood, the clouds, his brains, all of which sounds objectively crazy, but being out here, I get it, you know? Well, after I don't know how long, I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. It was the lifeguard from earlier that day. I gave a little wave, but he didn't see. Before I could say hi, he was on his way. The reason, the only reason that I followed him was to say hi. I had worked up the nerve. He made his way to a small deck on the left side of the ship where several other people in lifeguard uniforms had congregated. This is where my good intentions turned to what people might call creeping. <laughs> Clearly, I had missed my chance, but instead of leaving... I found a spot which provided partial cover where I could listen. Maybe I'm being a little hard on myself. The truth is, I wasn't crushing that hard on this guy. It was also equal parts out of sheer boredom and the hope of making a friend. I don't remember what they said, if anything, that night. All I have is the memory of a sound. Music coming from some kind of unrecognizable instrument. That's it. Nothing until the next morning, when I woke up in my bed, shivering in the same clothes I was wearing the night before. Everything was in order, though. Nothing was stolen, nothing out of place. Even the tea was there on my night table, still undrunk. 
I didn't feel particularly foggy-headed or off-balance, and yet I had no memory of how I got back to my room. The weirdest thing, though, was how fine I was with everything. I only started to freak out when I realized that logically I should be. But the truth is that for the first time in a very long time, I woke up feeling rested. Maybe it was that simple. It could be. But. But. So, yeah, I felt great that morning and went back to the pool for laps. Again, I was the only passenger there, and the same guy was on duty. This time, though, I waved at him and said good morning before diving into the water. It was casual and not even a little bit awkward. While I was doing my laps, I wondered if I actually am as awkward as I think I am or if I'd just been sleep-deprived. Felt good. Really good. When I finished my laps, I didn't feel so exhausted. I even introduced myself. He smiled and told me his name was Steve. And we talked. What did you talk about? I don't know. Nothing really. I think I talked about how I wasn't really much of a swimmer. But how I liked how quiet the pool was so early in the morning. Mostly, though, it was banal shit. Standard issue small talk. To be honest, I did most of the talking. Normally, I'm the quiet one. But Steve had this way about him. When he looks at you, you can tell that he's actually seeing you. He was attentive. Inserting a word and a thought where appropriate, but mostly just nodding along and giving off that smile of his. I actually got so comfortable that I mentioned I had seen him the night before. His face showed just the slightest hint of change. A moment of concern flashed through his eyes. I didn't tell him where. I, I didn't say I had followed him. I just asked if he had also been having trouble sleeping. His smile changed a bit, got more somber. He said, I'm not much of a sleeper, laughed it off. I asked what he did when he couldn't sleep. He said that most nights he just hung out with the other lifeguards, said they were a very close, even insular group. I was gonna ask him more about that, but before I could, he politely told me he had to get back to work. Still, it had been nice to talk with someone so easily. I have friends, not a lot, but they're all people who are very close. I love them all, but speaking with them is never casual. We're always talking about work, about problems with our love lives, about frustration with politics, about, about my brother. By afternoon, though, I was back to my normal self. Apparently, a good night's sleep doesn't cure everything. What do you mean by normal self? I'm not normally so... peppy. Outgoing. No, normally I'm pretty quiet, and a low-energy kind of woman. Which is fine. I leafed through a book in my room for most of the day, snuck in a little work, almost went kayaking. Well, anyhow, that night... I wound up wandering the decks again. Stalking was not on my mind. It's just a really nice place to get lost in the scenery. 
it's the glow. The sun falls at just the right angle and the snow and the ice and the water glow with this shimmering gold that looks both warm and cold at the same time. Then it'll pass behind a mountain and the land is dark. It's easy to lose yourself. It makes me feel like I'm nowhere. So when I heard the music echoing across the water, I almost didn't notice it. But of course I did, and of course I went towards the sound. It was the same music from the night before. I'm pretty sure I saw what was making the sound, but I don't remember. Once again, I just lost time. Woke up in my bed with the same smell of sea salt and the same sense of coldness but the same feeling of rest. The first time, I could write it off, but two nights with the same results? I had to get to the bottom of the whole thing. It didn't cross my mind that if something was causing me to have these blackouts, maybe I should avoid it. And it wasn't curiosity. I hadn't been curious the day before, and I wasn't curious now. It just felt good to have a goal, a purpose. I knew I could get hurt, I just didn't particularly care. Correlation doesn't imply causation, I know that, but I also knew that if I wanted answers, I'd have to go through Steve. Besides, I had already started striking up a friendship with him. Now, though, I had purpose. So the next few days I fell into a pattern, one that was similar to those first two. In the mornings, I went to the pool to do my laps. No other passengers were ever there, so talking with Steve felt natural. I'd wish him good morning, he'd wish it back to me. I'd ask how his night went. He'd say, same old same. He'd ask me what I did the day before, and I'd try to keep it short and vague. Every time, though, he'd ask this little innocuous follow-up question, like what the book I was reading was about. Something so simple, but... There's something about those bright, attentive eyes that just made me open up. So I ended up telling him a lot more about my own life than he told me about his. I'd talk about my work troubles with natural language processing, about how much I missed my brother, or about my time in the service. He'd just nod and adjust his smile ever so slightly to keep it cheerful, but appropriate for the topic, and always at just the right time. It was like he already knew me. Like he already knew all the things that had happened in my life. Like I was a book he'd read a hundred times before, but one he still enjoyed reading. I never learned specifics about his life, but I still paid attention, and I still learned a lot about him. He didn't just seem like he was paying close attention to everything. He had a laser focus. He had the ability to pick up on subtle nuance, to collate the data, and to anticipate how stories ended. And he never forgot a detail. I could mention my hairstylist's name, or my brother's wingman's call sign, or the office intern's t-shirt size in passing, and he'd remember it. More and more, though, I discovered that despite the cheer, there was something about him that was 
profoundly sad. One time we were talking and I asked him if he ever traveled. He gave this little laugh and said, of course, gesturing around to the ship. I chuckled back and said that didn't count. I meant if he'd ever traveled anywhere on his own for fun. It's been a long time. He said it with a smile, but beneath there was this deep sense of loss. Anytime I'd get past a few superficial details about his life, it was the same way. Then, after almost showing me what was going on, he'd find a way to end the conversation. Did you ever get to talk with him outside of those morning swims? A few times, yeah. Once I was in one of the dining rooms and saw him with the other lifeguards. It was a little awkward, but I went over and said hi. I got the sense that they didn't want me around, though, so it wasn't like an actual conversation or anything, which I chalked up to them wanting to eat in peace. Not that any of them had any food on their plates. But yeah, here and there I'd run into him, always accidentally. At nights, though, I did make a concerted effort to find out what they got up to. See if I could discover the source of the haunting music. It was the same every time. Well, almost the same. Every time I went to go spy on them, and every time I'd wake up in bed cold and smelling of sea salt. But the more I did it, the more I could remember. Nothing concrete, but I was getting a sense, a feeling of it. With each passing day, it got clearer and clearer. It started as a dizzy feeling, a numbing of the senses, a tightening of the spine, a shortness of breath. Then, nothing. No, sorry, not like blacking out. I mean, there was this feeling of nothingness. Emptiness, great and engulfing. I've had a few anxiety attacks like that. That's what I was afraid of. That I was having these episodes. That I was breaking or that I was already broken. But at the same time, every day, the next morning, I felt so good. That feeling got better and better. Not just that feeling of being thoroughly rested, but I was doing more laps. My resting heart rate even fell, 38 beats per minute. And I was discovering this clarity. The day you came up to me to ask me about my whereabouts, I knew you were scared. More than that, though, I, I knew it was about one of your kids. You know that feeling when you think you should call up a friend or family member where it feels like an idle thought, but you know you have to, and then it turns out that they needed to hear from you? That kind of serendipitous intuition. I was starting to feel like that more and more. On the one hand, I was scared out of my mind, but on the other, I was never more at peace. So I did what I always do in situations like that and just ignored it. Which, yeah, bad call. My life... I didn't leave the service because things were going well, and I was well-adjusted. My life was crazy enough without adding this weirdness to it. Now, 
all the crap I left behind at home, it, it wasn't hurting so much. It felt like I was doing so well. Why would I do anything to stop that? But then, one day, something did change. Last night, I was out on the deck, waiting for the sound of that music. I followed it. And I noticed for the first time that when I heard it, I was crying. It was a song that sounded like hello and goodbye with harmonies that I felt in my bones. Melodies overlapping and intertwining, echoing across the ice and water. It made me feel bereft. For the first time, I really understood that everything I'd lost, I'd never see again, down to the deepest parts. I remember walking towards the sound, and I remember seeing what was causing it. It was the lifeguards, just them, singing. And I wasn't wondering how they made those sounds with only their mouths, or even how they could stand to be outside in only their shorts and polos. I just remember walking to the side of the ship and looking down into the water below, thinking nothing. Are you okay? Yeah, we're nearly at the end, Art. I woke up this morning to a knock at my door. It was Steve. He was standing outside my door, and he wasn't smiling. For the first time, I actually saw him. He asked me, can I come in? I couldn't get the words out, but I stood aside. He walked into the cabin, sheepish, and he sat down. I went over to sit near him on the corner of my bed. You probably want to know what's been going on, he said. I didn't. I asked him, What are you? He just said, What do you see? What did you see? I saw Steve. I mean, with my eyes, I saw the hot guy who I'd seen every day. That's not all I saw, though. It was like one of those trick images. And I just figured it out. I saw it It didn't have a shape or, or dimensions, and yet it had scope. I was looking at Steve, but I was seeing something impossibly old impossibly vast. When he started talking, these are the exact words he said. I'm not from here. None of us are. We used to travel. Always moving, always discovering, reveling in the utter ecstasy of being and of seeing. We're not from anywhere. That implies having a home, a place to return to. We did not understand the concept of being in one place. Not until we came here. 
we were drawn here, and we were offered a home. We had never had a home before, so we stopped. We stopped, and now we cannot continue. And it is sad. At night, when we have no responsibilities and when there is no one around, we sing of all the things for which there are no words. They didn't know what would happen if anyone heard them. It wasn't their fault. But apparently, whenever I heard that song, I would fall off the ship. It was just more than any person could stand. Or not. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Either way, though, Steve and the others knew I was there. Every night they saw me tumble down into the water. Every night they fished me out of the ocean. Every night they brought me back. Steve told me, though, that to bring me back, they had to give a little bit of themselves. Not even a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. So little, they thought nothing of it. But each time, I became more and more like them. They didn't tell me to protect themselves. To be fair, I wouldn't have believed it. They just tried to discourage me. Now, though, I've changed. Enough that they couldn't hide this from you anymore. Yes, but that's not why Steve showed up. I had changed so much that now I'm at a crossroads. If I stop, if I stay away from them, if I keep myself, myself, eventually I'll return to normal. If I don't, if I go back, I'll be too far gone. The Pale was written and edited by Zev Herwich. The part of Dahlia Yost was played by Lauren Soa. The part of Art Rosenblatt was played by Zev Herwich. Special thanks to Lydia Fetterman. To find out more about The Pale, or to discover other great podcasts, go to AIA's website at aeaea.co.